Greetings, Northlings, and welcome to Haunted Up North. Is that a bit children's TV presenter? It's nice. <laughs> You've got a nice soothing voice. Good soothing notes to your tone. Soothing. Everybody. My name's Victoria, and you are listening, as you may have already ascertained, to Haunted Up North, a paranormal podcast dedicated to the telling of real-life supernatural experiences from the north of the UK, recorded in the north of the UK, if not always dedicated to northern UK ghost stories, which you will notice today we won't be exactly doing. In fact, we won't be doing it at all. But we will be talking about spooky stuff nonetheless. I say we because I've got one of my very special guests on today. It's Hannah. Hannah is back on the show. Hey! <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> again. <laughs> You've let me back again. I have. Hannah's been on the show before. How many times is it now? I think this is the third time, so... Is it? Yeah. It's not more than that. Mm. I think it's the fourth. Oh, is it the fourth? Oh, wow. Because we did Leeds Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Then oh, yes. We did a Keithley ghost. Yes. Then we did a Ghost Watch ghost. That's right. So it's the fourth. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. And we're in Horsforth today, not Haworth. The second best place in Yorkshire, beginning with an H. Yeah. Or the first best. <laughs> it's po- Horsforth's posher than Haworth. Mm, so maybe I'm, it's the best. I the best know. place in Yorkshire, beginning with an H. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but it's, it's not because I live here. Today we'll be talking about one of my favourite horror films, as we have done before here on Haunted Up North, when the mood takes us. And the mood has well and truly taken us, just as it did a few episodes ago when we chatted to each other about 1992's British horror reality slash pseudo slash documentary style Fright Night TV classic Ghost Watch. They should employ me to be a voiceover. <laughs> like, you know, in the, do you remember in the adverts? The, when uh, someone would come on and say, and oh, it's time for... Next on BBC One. Yeah. Do they still do that? Because um, I, I don't watch do. live think... telly ever yeah, anymore. Yeah, I don't either. I think, I think they do. But anyway, I really hope you find yourselves scintillated, scared and entertained by not exactly spectral tales today, but spectral big screen exchanges, including all the awesome ways in which this particular film we're going to be talking about frightens, scares and disgusts us. I should really call these episodes Haunted on Screen, shouldn't I? Yeah. Is that a good name? Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Then people know what they're in for. Today we're going to talk about a supernatural slasher from the 1984 because we were frightened, scared and disgusted by a character in the last Haunted on Screen who reminded us of a character in the subject of this episode's chat, which we'll talk about in a minute. When you saw this film we're about to talk about, um, how old were you? (laughs) I... I was a teen. Was oh, right, in, okay. Oh, so you've yeah. seen... So, right, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to... Because I know that you're not a massive horror fan. No, but I I was a young teen. So it it was... I guess it was kind of aimed towards me at the time. 
Just um, you. Just, just me. <laughs> yeah, just only me. But yeah, so I remember, well, I'm, I'm not so sure whether, I was probably maybe a little bit too young. Do, do we know what certificate it was at the time? Let me have a look. Yeah. Because we haven't actually revealed, well, anyone will know what we're going to talk about yeah. if they've read the title. <laughs> but let's have a look. What did you ask me? What did you say? Uh, what, what was the certificate oh, at the time? How do I find that out? I'm sure it was an old certificate for older people. Yeah. Um, if it was a 15, I was definitely too young to watch he? it. But anyway, a lot of... Um, it's rated R. What does that mean? That's quite full on then, I think. I think that's like... Is it more than an 18? It says restricted under 17 requires accompanying parent or adult guardian. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. No one under 16, later 17. Okay, right. that's in the US, so let's say 16. <laughs> right, okay. So I was definitely too young to watch it, but I did watch it. I watched it at a friend's house on video. Good idea. So, um, yeah, that's how we saw all of the those kind of films in the 80s. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I was a young teen. So, yeah, we've established too young to watch it at the time, <laughs> but did watch it, obviously. Well, um, no judgment here. Yeah. And <laughs> at the time, it properly made my poo my pants. <laughs> I, I really, um, you know, made the poo come in the pants. Yeah, the poo, the, the poo, uh, but <laughs> the poo poo. But yeah, I, I think at the time I was very much like, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I was actually. I did not enjoy that. I found it terrifying. And we'll talk so, about why. Yeah. But um, so I, I, I did actually, um, that old, I did actually see it when right. it first came out. And I haven't seen it for quite a while. Okay. But obviously did rewatch for this. So before we reveal the title of this film that you already know what it is, before that, a little bit of context for you all. In the 1970s, a surge of refugees escaping the Cambodian genocide found refuge in the United States. Among them were numerous Hmong people who had endured unimaginable horrors during the conflict. Is that Hmong? Mm. If you don't know who they are, the Hmong people are an ancient and diverse population indigenous to East and Southeast Asia. As they adapted to their new lives, many of these refugees grappled with distressing nightmares. These dreams were so vivid and terrifying that some refugees chose to forego sleep altogether. The resulting fear and exhaustion proved overwhelming, with reports even suggesting that some refugees succumbed to death while asleep. The narrative of the Hmong refugees perishing in their sleep captured the interest of filmmaker Wes Craven. Craven found the notion of a malevolent force striking from within the realms of dreams intriguing, prompting him to conceive a film centred around a group of teenagers haunted by such a force. Released in 1984 under the title A Nightmare on Elm Street, that's the title, Craven's film swiftly became a blockbuster, giving rise to a franchise comprising eight sequels and a remake. The film's antagonist, Freddy Krueger, emerged as an iconic figure in pop culture, synonymous with the horror genre. And Freddy Krueger is exactly who we were reminded of when we discussed the antagonist of Ghostwatch, the supernatural entity known as Pipes, played by the actor Keith Ferrari, which must have its roots, or at least part of its roots, in some sort of Freddy Krueger inspo, because he looks like him quite a lot, doesn't he? Well, he does. And he seems to attack during the night. Yes. It's night time when he attacks. The sleepy time. Yeah, sleepy time. Freddy Krueger is a fictional character and the primary villain in the A Nightmare on Elm Street film series, 
Created by Wes Craven, Freddy first appeared in Craven's 1984 film, A Nightmare on Elm Street, as the malevolent spirit of a child killer who had been burnt to death by his victim's parents after evading prison. Freddy is a disfigured, razor-gloved killer who haunts the dreams of teenagers, killing them within their dreams, which also kills them in reality. He is known for his burnt skin, fedora hat, red and green sweater, and signature Freddy Krueger glove, which is equipped with razor-sharp blades. He is a supernatural being with the ability to enter and manipulate the dreams of others. He is sadistic in nature, enjoys inflicting pain and suffering on his victims, and he often makes jokes about his victims' fears and insecurities before killing them. He can shapeshift, teleport, and he's also known for his dark sense of humour and his love of puns. Come to Freddy. That's not a pun, but that's what he says, isn't it? Yeah. But not name. like that. Come to Freddy. <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah. No. Oh. I don't want Freddy as a boyfriend. <laughs> so those aren't exactly puns, yeah. but I think maybe they explore more of the puns in later Nightmare on Elm Street films. I've seen a lot of them, but I can't mm. remember. I think it's Patricia Arquette in one of them. Yes. And I think her character is meant to be in another one, but then is played by a different actress. Patricia Arquette? Yeah, I could be wrong there. I see. But I, I also think, I don't know if I can, it's suitable for this podcast, but I think the following on in, in some of the um, the next in the series, he seemed to say, like, <laughs> quite a lot as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you big, massive but yeah, I think I think because I seem to remember I can't remember which one it was, but there's one particular one where the girl gets lifted up. He he kind of like Freddie becomes like the TV. Oh right. And she lift he lifts her up and shoves her face in the TV. <laughs> so it's not funny. And he goes <laughs> and he goes something about <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it, it seemed to be like a bit of um it's not really a catchphrase saying is it but i've said this a lot of times so if i'm not allowed to say it i do apologize but yeah it seemed to be quite a freddy thing to say these one-liners like these an evil arnie yeah but yeah. not as good as arnie yeah I've, but still obviously. pretty good if you like horror villains yeah but there was there was none of that in the first one he doesn't really say no that. no because i was looking at lines that he says mm. and there aren't many puns i don't think in the mm, first no. one i don't think so he's no. just horrible it's just horrible. And yeah. he's brilliant. He's one yeah. of the scariest people. He's one of the scariest villains ever. There is a particular line that isn't particularly funny, but he is known. He's got a few, like, come to Freddy and I'm your boyfriend mm. now, Nancy. Mm. Those are quite iconic, even though they're very simple. Mm. And another one, there's an iconic shot of Freddy wielding some of his stabby glove knives mm. quite close to his face. Mm. Like, look at my knives mm. next to my face. And he says, this is God. Like, I think, I don't know what the first line is. He's replying to somebody, like, I don't Mm. know if someone's saying, help me, God. I don't know what they're saying. But he goes, this is God. And, like, even though it's sort of a bit funny, that shot must have been, before I'd seen the film in its entirety, like, like I've said this a million times before, I watched horror films since I was born, basically. Mm. Things I shouldn't have watched, I watched too far, too early. Yeah. But it's fine. I, I don't think it's damaged me particularly. But... There were some films that I wouldn't let myself watch. I've said this before. One of them was Hellraiser. Yeah. Another one was Gremlins, which we'll talk about another <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. I'll explain why about Gremlins. Yeah. And another one 
was um, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. partly because of that one little shot. Like, we used to tape films off the telly in mm. the 80s when I was a kid. Yep. My dad had a big, massive wall dedicated to VHS. We just called them tapes back then. We didn't call oh, them yeah. VHS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone calls them VHS now. Um, and this little shot must have... It's either, it was either in the beginning... It was either a video that I had where it shows you trailers of upcoming films like they used to, didn't mm. they? Like, you, get a, you buy a film on video and then there'd be like... The trailers yeah, for films yeah. that are coming out yeah. soon or around yeah. the same time. And one of them must have been Nightmare on Elm Street or an old video with the old trailers on, something. Mm. And that shot that This Is God was on a little still, not a still, a little shot on either a taped video yeah. or a trailer. And it absolutely terrified me. Yeah. It, out of context of everything, it was just too scary. Yeah. And I'd seen by accident that scene where the ghost of Tina is being dragged along oh, the yeah. school hall in a blood-stained it, body bag. Yeah. I'd, I'd glimpsed that somehow at some point. Yeah. And those two scenes made me not watch it till I was a teenager as yeah. well. So usually I would say I watched this when I was six. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm saying I think I watched it when I was maybe 12 <laughs> or yeah. 13. But it was yeah. one of those that I couldn't, I couldn't quite make myself watch. And also... It's just so nasty, and I, I don't know whether it's my Catholic upbringing. I'm not. Mm. A ca I'm not. I'm a lapsed Catholic. I don't. I was just brought up a Catholic, but things stay with you, don't they? And, yeah. and that this is God with the knives made me think that's really uncomforting. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting with you saying that those two bits made you not want to watch it because having watched it very recently again, Tina has a crucifix above a bed. Yeah, yeah, and so. She she grasps that quite a bit, but then when Nancy is doing the sleepover because Tina's worried about falling asleep, um, Nancy's sleeping in her bed, and there's a a bit that you know it's special effects wise now is is nothing, but just watching it again, it still looks quite good. Where Freddie kind of like yeah the the wall becomes elastic almost, I and he kind that. of presses through whilst Nancy's asleep, and the crucifix falls off the wall yeah and like nancy gets woken up by and goes oh what's this and she picks up the crucifix so there is there is that thing it's on tina's wall so with the body bag and with the body bag being transparent it's just a little bit like the thing that did make me laugh though sorry just jumping ahead a little is um because we've established tina <laughs> ends up in a body bag but the next morning when nancy's at home with her mum they're watching it on the TV and obviously it's on the local news and they're, they're showing footage of her being carried out of the house. But she's been carried out of the house, like she's in a body bag, but an, a blooded arm, like yeah. the kind of jostle with the, the trolley that she's on, the gurney to Americans. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and this blooded arm kind of falls, lops, hanging out over the side. And I was like, I just kind of giggled a bit to myself now. I mean, I didn't when I first saw it because I'm like, as if you'd like be outside and they wouldn't have had the, the body fully zipped in and they've just got this big bloody arm. I think part of it, it's just Freddie is so intrusive mm. into this whole thing. Mm. And these teenagers are on display, mm. aren't they? Like, because mm. I think that's also why I couldn't quite watch it because mm. there's such a massive sexual element. Mm. And the body bag thing with Tina in it, mm. she's. She seems naked, doesn't mm, she, in it? Mm, and the arm, mm, that's obviously like a, a showing of a teenager's, or yeah. someone's flesh as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because the, the, the obvious sexually aggressive element of the film really frightened me. It just makes the horror 
so much worse. There's a strong element of molestation mm. and sexual assault throughout the whole thing. And Tina is one very sexually charged murder because her death is basically her being jerked around a wall with her knickers on display. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of hideousness because she's being killed by Freddy in the dreams, isn't she? And you don't know what is quite going on, do you? And you can just see it. It's also a little bit of the the theme of 80s, well, late 70s, early 80s horror where she's had a boyfriend sleep over while her mum was away and you definitely know that they've been doing it. Doing it. <laughs> That's um, her first mistake yes. so, so <laughs> in a horror film. <laughs> so it kind of, with horror film lore, it's almost like she's getting punished for... I know, yeah, yeah. ...for... for doing doing it there's a scene um is it at the beginning of the film where tina is having a nightmare about freddy krueger and she yeah. wakes up and she's her mum comes in to ask her if she's okay because she's cried out in her sleep or something and uh, she's got cuts on her nightdress where freddy's tried to slice her in her dreams but it's it's come out in reality it's on her actual nightdress and her mum comes in she goes you okay tina yeah and then she's like just a dream ma and then her mum sees the slashes and she's like hmm some dream judging from that and then she's like tina you either gotta cut your fingernails or you gotta stop that kind of dreaming <laughs> it's like what a horrible thing to say and judgy i know like and like that, and then a, a mum has company who comes along as just this kind of sleazy beer-bellied guy that it's just says, horrible are you, are you coming back to bed type yeah. thing it, it's does this? I just feel really sorry for Tina. I think it's yeah. a pitiful, a pitiful thing to make mm. your daughter feel like some sordid piece of rubbish. Mm. And it's the very first indication in this film that the parents and the adults aren't going to be any help or little to zero help in everything that's about to transpire. Tina's mm. mom well and truly gets the ball rolling there. I think all of the adults. This is a sweary episode. Yeah, it is, I don't to swear on here, but yeah, I know I started Ooh. as well. <laughs> Um, there is a running theme again I'm jumping ahead a little bit but there is a running theme where the the teens are not really believed everything they say they're not believed against the sexual assault (laughs) against the sexual assault the sexy crimes and then there's there's so that the adults can't really be trusted and they're not they're they're just not really being believed so I, I guess there's there's an overlap of like a difference between the younger and the older and stuff, but they're, 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 all the parents seem to be a bit inept, yeah. if I'm honest. That is a thing, though, isn't it? Like, in, yeah. in all good kids' stories, yeah. not that this is a kid's story, no. but there are kids in it, uh, the parents are absent so that the action can take place mm. in the teenage world mm. or the child's world. That's where the adventure happens. So, like, yeah. you know, most, most classic stories, the parents are absent for some reason, yeah. but at the same time... This is pretty serious. Like they should be really protecting their kids from uh, this yeah. kind of like <laughs> the height of hideousness. Yeah, and like even the poster for the film, mm. it's got like it's not. It's meant to be someone like Nancy, but mm. it's it's like a it's like a drawing. It's yeah. not it's not a photograph, and it's like a teenager with knives coming out above them in bed. Mm. But they're naked in this bed. Like how many teenagers really sleep naked? Yeah, like yeah. I don't think that's it's, a thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like really inappro- highly inappropriate. Yeah. The, the one thing that, again, re-watching it, that I was kind of happy about was that like the teenagers are actual teens. Like yeah. everyone does look young. Because yeah. I Nowadays think they're like 27 or Yeah, something. exactly. So used to like... <laughs> 
teens are being played by actors in the twenties. So that that was quite refreshing. But on the um, on with that on the opening credits, it's got like the names of the actors as it goes, and then right sandwiched right in the middle, it says introducing Johnny Depp. Oh and yeah, yeah. And it's then, his and then first it, film. It's his first film, and then it then it continues on with like the the names of of people, but like. Freddy Krueger is actually billed as Fred Krueger, but no, really? but no one ever. So no one ever refers to him as Fred Krueger. Everyone calls him Freddy. Was it because of that one, th- two, Freddy's coming for you? I don't know, may- maybe. But oh, I just gosh. thought that was quite that was quite interesting. But also, like, who does introducing anymore in a film? I know, yeah. It's like it's nice though, isn't it? It's, it's like, like on old school eighties TV shows where it's like special guest star. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it kind of has that it. kind of vibe. <laughs> but I, I, I thought it was quite funny. But God, Johnny Depp, like, really super young, twenty one. Okay, so 21, but he does look really young. But also, I think it's one of the opening scenes. It's like they're outside the school and he's with Nancy and this Tina and her boyfriend. But Johnny Depp kisses uh, Nancy and it's the worst screen kiss I've (laughs) ever seen. I was just like, oh my God. Like, What does he do? Well, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like... Describe it to me. Okay. <laughs> no, it kind <laughs> of reminds me of like a goldfish's mouth. Ugh, and it just it. kind of goes... <laughs> what a scene. What would I type in? I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's almost like, as you're watching the film, I don't know if they did film it in scene order. because Sorry about my typing. A lot of the time they don't, they don't film it in sequence, but it is almost like... He's learning to act as the film goes well, on. Well, it was, if you look at his filmography, it's the very first yeah. film. I mean, he is, he is good in the rest of it, but it's just that particular kiss. I'm like, oh, oh, it's so awkward. It's not coming up with it. It's really awkward. There's the best moments. I'll tell you yeah, what. I can... Oh, here we are. Where you having it, you know? Once you do that, you wake right up. At least it works for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just awful, isn't it? Wipe your mouth after that one. <laughs> anyway, wipe your. I don't know if I was allowed to play that for copyright reasons. Do you think well, it's all right? I think it'll be fine. Okay, but yeah. So I found Tina when she her like death dream, where she's basically rolling around the ceiling, and her boyfriend. Well, she starts having the dream, and then her boyfriend wakes up and he pulls back the covers and she's under the bed, like, Mm. fighting. And then she just suddenly starts rolling around the ceiling and, you know, is being attacked. I think I actually found that scene to be, like, the the most disturbing scene. Yeah, it's it's nasty. It's quite quite harrowing, actually. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like... It's not the goriest, but you just feel really helpless because she's re- she's reaching out and the boyfriend is looking up, going, "Uh, what? What? Yeah, because she's on high as well. She's you can't even touch her. That is quite a explosion of what's to come, isn't it? Like, it's a good scene setter of yeah, what what's going to happen because the sexual element is there for a reason, isn't it? It's not just mm. that he's a creepy, oh no, scary man. No, he's no. he's it's tied up with the idea that Freddy Fred. Mm. Kruger, before he was killed by fire in his boiler room, mm. a room he was reported in life to bring his juvenile victims to in order to kill them. Because was he the school caretaker or something like that? Yeah, it's it's weird because I th- I think 
I think it kind of changes as the film the films go along. Yeah, yeah, because it is suggested through the sexual element mm. that he may have been a child molester. Mm. Though in the 2010 remake, mm. he's specifically called out as not having been a child killer, I think, right, or child okay. molester, and that the vigilante parents who killed him had actually got the wrong man. Some, I'm pretty sure that's the plot of that remake. Uh, but he still haunts the dreams of the teenagers as revenge for what their parents did to him in the film. The rage of being murdered for a crime he didn't commit mm. is the driving motivation that leads him to commit such evil acts. But in the original film, I don't think he's actually called out as a child molester. It's just presumed by the audience. And I, I think the original intention was to call him out in the script as having been a molester of children but mm-hmm. Wes Craven the director decided to just have him just technically as a child murderer because of a, a series of highly publicized child molestation cases that were occurring in California at the time of the film's production so I think it was originally meant to be called out but because of that going on at the time mm. he didn't he left it out I think in the film, Nancy's mum does say that he was a child killer. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't think they say molestation. But No. But I, I can't quite, well, in the first film, they definitely do say that he was arrested and then there was, they messed up the evidence so he got released and yeah. that's why he... Why they killed him. That, what, they, they killed him. But yeah, it, the, the suggestion is that he was definitely guilty but yeah you know but not in the remake but yeah i've not I don't seen know why they yeah. did that probably yeah. because they're probably trying to make a comment on the fact that you can't just go around being a vigilante you can't mob. <laughs> yeah you can't make that judgment you've got to trust the law well yeah but um but yeah. i mean in some of the dreams that nancy and tina have they're quite sexually aggressive so yeah. you can tell that he still wanted that theme to be a big part of it because it's not yeah it's not that realistic nowadays to separate the sexual element from murders like that. You no. usually assume serial killers have a sexual motivation yeah. to I'm, their crimes. I mean, when Nancy's in... This is the one that stands out for me from when I saw it first time round as a teen, is when Nancy's fallen asleep in the bathroom. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's and, the worst one. Yeah, and, and mum's like, don't fall asleep because, you know, you can drown. And she's like... And oh, that's another thing that does annoy me about Nancy. She calls her mum mother a lot. Does she? She's like, mother. she's like, I want mother. I want. I'm like, oh gosh. Do you know what? Get on with it already because she's been really annoying. But um, do you but know yeah. what? One of my favourite lines that Nancy says: mm. "Screw your past." <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Because that that's when she's being accosted by a hall monitor. She hasn't it got is. the pass to go to the bathroom like they used to do in eighties films yeah. in America. Well, used that, to have a hall pass. Well, that's it because she, she screw your past. So she falls asleep in <laughs> in class, and then in her dream. She puts her arm on a hot pipe. Oh yeah, to wake oh, herself she's up. Such a boss. So it's like, oh, you, that's like a real clever little like breadcrumb to think. Oh, there is a way to link yeah. the dream world to the real world yeah. because when she wakes up, she's got a burn on her arm. Yeah. But then a teacher is like, oh, I bet I better call your mum, you know. And she's like, no, I'll get myself at home. And then the teacher says. Oh, but you'll need a hall pass. And I'm like, what? That's like not a very good reaction, is it? But yeah, but the hall monitor has the Freddy Krueger uh, striped oh, really? jumper on. Because Does she turned into Freddy Krueger in uh, a dream or something? Well. Is it a dream? I can't remember if it's a dream. Is well, it a dream this is or it. she just screw well, your pass? Well, you don't know because 
So she, she goes out into the hallway and then the hall monitor, but has the stripey right. Freddy thing. She's randomly got a nosebleed because she's a female student, says, where's your hall pass? And then she does the line, go on, screw your pass. Yes. No, um, it's not as good as that. <laughs> screw your pass. Screw your pass. <laughs> Who does the best, Nancy? <laughs> Answers on a postcard. Anyway, but yeah, and then she pushes, she shoves her, does Nancy, and then when she gets up, she she doesn't turn into Freddie, but the, she comes up with the yeah, glove. Yeah, that's it. There's just the glove, so, yeah. um But then she runs out, and it, so it's kind of like there's bits in the film where you're not sure whether it's a dream or not. But yeah, that bath scene. Oh, the creepy. For anyone who hasn't seen that, a, yeah. a, a knived glove comes out of the water. Between Between legs. Nancy's legs and is yeah. descending. Yeah. God knows what it's going to do. Oh. And, and then, then she a, wakes up. And then a mum wakes her up and says, Honey. <laughs> don't fall asleep and then she goes i want mother really annoyingly and then she does fall asleep and then she gets dragged down. sorry i yeah, don't wish does. for this to be a description of the entire film well no i, I presume anyone yeah. who's listened to this i presume they've seen the yeah. film but you can't talk about a film like this without spoiling but the that, plot. <laughs> but that's quite disturbing because it, it's it's almost like um it reminds me of um i, I think it's the second omen omen film where the kid falls through the ice and they're, there's oh, like, yeah. they're trying to get the ice. It's it's kind of a bit like that um, mm. in that scene because she gets dragged down and then she's underwater and there's just one tiny hole where she can swim to. Anyway, she obviously get, gets out because, you know, it's Nancy. But, yeah, that's that's like really horrible. That bit where she's falling asleep in the bath is so cosy. Mm. Like it's just she she's a really good actress. What's her name? Heather, Heather Lagan. Camp. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> Hang on, I've written it down here. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Heather Heather Langenkamp. Mm. I just said it in a more German way than it, than it was originally intended. Langenkamp? But yeah, I think she's really good at acting falling yeah. asleep. <laughs> she's really good. Oh, so obviously I know this. Don't know if the listeners know this, but you're a huge The Evil Dead fan. Yep. But quite controversially, mm. I prefer the first Evil Dead film to the Evil Dead 2. So, the no ev- one else agrees with me. <laughs> no, no. Well, I think Wes Graven might because when Nancy's trying to keep awake, she's yeah. watching The Evil Dead on the, the telly. The first one? Yeah, the first oh, one. I love her even more. So there's, a, so, there's a bit of a tale with that that some people may know. So, when uh, Wes Craven did The Hills of Eyes, he had a post brilliant that. film that it's, would be an ace film to talk about yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> so in that f- said film there's a poster of jaws which is like ripped in half so it's almost like wes craven is saying you think that's scary oh really that's not scary <laughs> this is scary so it's like rip he's ripped that anyway so sam raimi saw that and thought oh so in the evil dead in the basement um in the cellar sorry They've got a poster of The Hills of Eyes and oh, they've really? got that ripped. Oh my God, that's so cool. So it started this like that. very, very kind of like good humoured, it's not a real feud, but a little Ooh. feud. So it's like, you think that's, you think Hills of Eyes is scary. That's not scary. And they've got that ripped. So then Wes Craven in Nightmare on Elm Street was like, right, okay, Nancy's trying to keep awake in this scary film. She's watching The Evil Dead. It's not scary enough to keep her awake. You think that's scary? No, that's not scary. So it's just this good-humoured kind of little banter. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Did you notice her? Did you watch The Midnight Club? 
Mike Flanagan's Midnight no. Club. Oh, because she's in that. Oh. She turns up in that as like the head doctor of the hospice that the um, the show's set in. And I hadn't seen her in anything personally since they did a... Was it Wes Craven's Nightmare? She yes. was in it where they were older yeah. and they were reliving yeah. the whole thing. Uh, she was in that. But Nancy, uh, for a much younger me... She was giving off sort of Jennifer Connolly vibes yeah. from Labyrinth. And I was really in awe of her. Yeah. And her hair and just especially when it turns grey. I yeah. just thought she was the coolest of the cool. Like there's, there's certain 80s and 90s actresses with long dark hair like Jennifer mm. Connolly and Winona Ryder. Probably because they're, they're the opposite of what I look like. But I've always been attracted to them. For want of a better word, yeah. you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily... Um, I think it's more of a... Not that I would mind if it was that... But yeah. I don't think it is that. It's mm. like sort of like an aspirational older sister vibe. Which yeah. is what I mean when they're like the opposite of me. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if I was if I was a straight man or a gay woman mm. or anything else that was attracted to women. I anything else. I don't mean anything else. Anyone else who, yeah. <laughs> who was yeah. attracted to women in any capacity. I wonder whether that would be my type. Sometimes I yeah. think that, but I don't know. I just it doesn't matter to me. It's just proper big girl crushes of whatever yeah. they are. And Heather. Uh, Nancy from yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street was yeah. one of those people. I, I was thinking, yeah, hair envy. She had very good hair. Yeah. And really... Just a lovely way about yeah. her. Just a very soft kind of sort of cool way. She, yeah. She's not, she's not phased by anything. No. She's brilliant. Yeah. She, she, she's really good. She's really good. I just have to talk about another death in it, though, that made me smile. And that's the death of Tina's boyfriend. Rod. Rod. Because he gets arrested for his girlfriend's death and he's in the cells and um, he, he dies in the cells. But <laughs> what made me chuckle is that, so he's in a cell and the bed sheet, Freddie manages to, sorry for going through all the de- deaths one by well, this one. this is the point. But, but um, <laughs> so Freddie in his dreams manages to get like come into the real world and get like the bed sheet round him and he hangs him from the top of his cell. But when they pull him down from the top of the cell, there's a perfectly good bed, but they take him down and then take him out of the cell and lay him on the cold, hard floor. And I'm like, that's just another element of this hideousness. There's, there's just a, there's a bed there. It's like you literally have to take one second, but they take like about 10 seconds to undo him and get him down. I wonder why. I wonder why. Is it because just the discomfort of the whole thing? I think, I think it is. There's I think no it's escape just... from anything. It's just because com- like dreams are a way of escaping reality, aren't they? Mm. But when you're in your dreams and you can't, it, the whole thing's suffocating as hell, isn't it? Because the thing with, what's his name, Rod, is it Rod? Rod? In his situation, he's, does it, does Freddy come for him in his dream? You don't see his dream. Yeah. It's not. Some, is he asleep though? He's asleep. So he's basically being attacked in his sleep. Yeah. Can't escape in his sleep. He's yeah. in a cell. If he wakes up, he's just in a flipping cell. Yeah. So he's being attacked he's, in his dream yeah. where he's supposed to be able to escape in a cell where no one can rescue him. Yep. It's awful. And we go back to the theme of not being listened to because Nancy and her boyfriend rock up and they they demand to speak to Rod. And it's like, it's in the evening and um, they're like, I really need to speak to him. Something bad's going to happen. And they're like seconds away from yeah. from saving him. <laughs> but the, the guy on the desk just like refuses initially and then then says, yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, where's the key? Or, I don't even know where I've put the key, you know. So there's all this thing about not being listened to, adults 
just not taking the kids seriously and then not acting upon things quick enough. And then they get there and they're literally a second away from saving him and and the the failed. And it's like, you didn't listen to me. There's this, this, this theme. It's like the opposite of Downton Abbey, where everyone gets (laughs) saved at the last minute in the end. So the part of Fred Krueger is portrayed by Robert England, the amazing Robert England, who, despite his surname, is actually not from England. He's from England. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. It's from uh, America, is he? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is an entirely different place. Uh, But he is very terrifying in his role, truly horrifying. And he even manages to remain horrifying during some of the silliest scenes. And I'm thinking of that time where he transforms into some sort of Mr. Tickle. When he's yeah. chasing one of his yeah. teenage victims down an alleyway in their dreams. Yeah, that's Tina at Is the it? beginning, yeah. Such a Mr. Tickle. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's so scary, Mr. Tickle. Yeah, it's so ridiculous, but yet scary. Yeah, and the song as well, like mm. I mentioned before, the one, two friends coming for you. I'm laughing because it reminds me of do you remember when Tom Jones did a song like that. He was oh, like, yeah. one, two times coming for you. And then he was like, five, six. That's when he joins in in his bit. Five, six. <laughs> I have to find that. Yeah. Nancy starts singing the song in the bath and it's like, oh, don't yeah. sing the song. Idiot. You idiot! It's that scary nursery style songs, like the one you get in Poltergeist, mm. are horrid and awesome. Yeah, because they tap into your deepest childhood memories yeah. and make them horrible. Yeah, or deepest, nicest. You know, you think you're safe with a nursery rhyme, but no, nowhere is safe. No, and even the jumper that Freddie wears, one might describe as rather Dennis the Menacey. Dennis the Menace is a cartoon character from the British children's comic series The Beano. But even his Dennis the Menace jumper, which should be funny, it's not. It's just creepy, and it's 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 just uh, it's horrible that you're even in your childhood memories, you're no longer safe, and just like the characters in a, a Nightmare on Elm Street are no longer safe even in the dreams because sleep is another of those states of being where you you think you can find some comfort or escape, but they can't. But a bit of trivia mm. about the Freddy Krueger jumper. Wes Craven chose this particular style and colour of jumper because he read in an article in Scientific American that the pairing of red and green is the most difficult for the eye to perceive correctly. Hence the saying, red and green should never be seen. It's constructed intentionally to cause the viewer discomfort. Um, That's why the jumper is green and red stripe. Right. Apparently. Yeah, because I always kind of remember it as Dennis the Menace, like black and red. But obviously it isn't. It's, yeah, it's, green. it's not, but it's a very dark green, yeah. isn't it? So it's sort of like, um, yeah. it makes you think of, but it reminds me of, Den- it, you know, yeah. it's still um, British people. It's like, it should be comedy. Like even the thing that should be funny is that Freddie stumbles around like he's drunk all the time when yeah. he's chasing people, like like Compo. Yeah. Like Compo from Last of Summer Wine or something like he's drunk, but it's just. There's a lot of jumping on his victims and rolling around on the floor yeah. as well. There's a lot of that going on. It's like, get up. Yeah. Just chase them like a real boogeyman. Well, there's an interesting story connected to the image of Freddy stumbling around drunk um, because the inspiration for the character of Freddy Krueger, sorry, Fred Krueger, mm. I should call him by his proper name, They, the inspiration for that originates from Wes Craven's own childhood where he saw a drunk elderly man 
glance up at his bedroom window from an alleyway beside his home and it, it really scared him mm-hmm. like something about the man's face and demeanor frightened him so much that he Wes Craven childhood Wes Craven ducked down below his windowsill to hide um, but when he looked back up out the window the guy was still <laughs> not like the films it was still looking at him this guy and I think the the guy stumbled into the building like antagonized by Wes Craven looking at him uh, the building where Wes Craven lived but fortunately for Wes Craven this guy who would unknowingly go on to be the inspiration behind one of the most iconic horror figures of all time uh, was eventually scared off by the sound of Wes's brother coming after him with a cricket bat <laughs> but yeah that's where the that's where the um and the name Fred Krueger mm. is also a real person's name it was the name of a boy who used to bully Wes Craven at school yes like a real life nothing's ever wasted yeah and he uses a bre- an abbreviation of this name in Last House on the Left as well. Oh, so Fred okay. must have really done a number on <laughs> Wes Craven when he was a kid. It's a good way of getting revenge, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, immortalizing your horribleness yeah. and telling everyone about it. I'd yeah. love to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but it's funny the uh, the scary things that stay with you all through childhood and end up in adult films. I think th- this is it. When you see things in films, you you can. Pass it off as like, oh, it's just like weird, especially 80s. It's weird 80s. But then you forget that there's really disturbing, odd, unnerving. Have you got any scary childhood memories that aren't too triggering? I can't think of any on the spot. I might be able to if I had a really good think. There's one that's <laughs> it's really silly, but I used to have a recurring dream. Well, it was a, it was a nightmare that my family one by one were getting abducted but impersonated by somebody so I would say go downstairs and my mum would be there but I'd know that wasn't my mum like Caroline is it Caroline yeah a little bit (laughs) like that but then but it's like all of my family members anyway and 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 it was really proper nightmare stuff (laughs) but then years and years and years later as an adult we were clearing out childhood stuff and I I found a comic and it was a richy rich comic from like I'd probably say the late late 70s early 80s and the storyline in that was there was someone impersonating richy rich Oh, right. And I think I'd read that as a child yeah, and, and so then it were... had, and it had stored in my little child brain and then I'd reinterpreted it like Eureka moment. Oh my God, this must be to do with that dream. And I've never had that reoccurring dream ever again. Oh, since, since you found the comic. Since I found the comic. Oh, weird. So that, that's the only thing that I can... Maybe your brain's like, I can't trick you anymore into thinking this yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah. I wonder what that is. Yeah. Because I, I talked about a nightmare a while ago because I have dreams about poltergeists when I'm stressed. And I had a dream where a poltergeist was mimicking the movements of my cat. Because ah. I, when I run up the attic steps... My cat will run with me. She like mm. if you run up steps, she just runs with you. Yeah. And this poltergeist in my dream was mimicking the movements of my cat. Uh, so I'd like to know what that means. I'm going to type it in. Mm. Dream nightmare of loved ones being mimicked. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I write yeah. that? <laughs> It's like a doppelganger though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having nightmares about loved ones being mimicked is a common and disturbing dream. One possibility is that you're feeling insecure or vulnerable in your waking life. If you're worried about losing someone you love, if you're feeling insecure about your relationships, then your subconscious mind might be expressing these fears through your dreams. Another possibility is that you're dealing with unresolved grief. 
and it's possible mm-hmm. that it's a reflection of your own fears and anxieties. What do you reckon was going on? Do you think it's just because you read a comic? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's just my way of dealing with anxieties to tie it to something. Another possibility is that you're feeling threatened by someone in your waking life. If you're dealing with a difficult person at work or in your personal life, this could translate into your dreams as your loved ones being replaced by people who resemble your antagonists. I made my family disappear. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes, that's another podcast, isn't it? That one. Yeah. Oh my word. That is a bit of a we're talking about Home Alone. Mm. Um I love Home Alone, mm. but there's some bits of it which are a horror film. <laughs> the burglars, the yeah. furnace, yeah. being completely alone. <laughs> it's very I mean the I, old man, who's a nice old man. Yeah. But yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, that. I like yeah, that. We should yeah, probably that save it. Good. Let's save it. But yeah, very, very violent. Yeah. But not only just from the point of view of <laughs> against said burglars, but like the intent to harm a small child. Anyway, yeah, that's another one. And the brother. Yeah. The older brother. Yeah. Enough said about him. Well, what would Freddie say? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite scenes is when Nancy is peeping out into the hallway and her mum slips her from the laundry closet. From the laundry like, closet, a, yeah. A bottle of vodka or yeah, something. That's one of my favourite scenes. It's like one of those little yeah. glimpsed visions of childhood where you yeah. see a parent doing something that's not safe. Yeah. That's not, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and it disturbs you and makes you worry and it's like, you don't understand it. She's, I love she's that scene. Out. Yeah. When Nancy's mum admits that all the parents basically made her fred Kruger toasty <laughs> and uh she reaches in like the furnace which is a weird thing in american houses like to have that furnace down in yeah the, oh, the cellar american. space my friend sarah has yeah. a furnace yeah. in her because my friend sarah lives in connecticut mm. in, a, in a, a movie house <laughs> yeah and she's got a, i was like can i see your furnace yeah as soon as i got there i was like can i see your furnace <laughs> just like a, like you know to just burn stuff all yeah. the things but um, it wasn't scary like their furnaces you couldn't see the fire unfortunately but, but yeah. like her mum like reaches in and they've They've kept the trophy glove, haven't they? Yeah, why is that? And how come it didn't get disintegrated? Yeah, exactly. Did they take it off him before? But also, have you not lit the furnace since you murdered him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since you made the fried toasty. Maybe they have like, it's, it's like, oh, I was wanting Nancy to say, well, that explains, mother, why I've been freezing <laughs> because you've not lit it because you've been too busy hiding your trophy glove. Because <laughs> that is a trophy, isn't it? Like, talk about serial killers oh. having trophies. Why have you got that? Oh, totally. Is there something about you that you don't want to yeah. discover? But also, you can tell I'm a, f- I'm a real fan, not, of Nancy's mum because also... Even she's though not I know as bad as Tina's mum. Oh, Tina's mum's terrible. But, but also you can tell it's an 80s movie because when... Nancy's mum takes her to like the sleep clinic and there and Nancy's when her hair goes white when her hair goes white exactly they uh they're sat well Nancy's mum and the scientist are like watching Nancy through the window fall asleep and like the scientist is like oh it's it's fine it's like (laughs) she's fine she's properly asleep now nothing to worry about nothing to see here and it's like oh this has never happened before but like before Nancy has like a bit of a f- freaked out and stuff. Her mum just like, she's in a lab and she just casually cracks open a, a packet of cigarettes. How does she? And lights a fag <laughs> and she's just there like blowing smoke in 
the uh, lab oh, technician's the face. The eighties. As if I'm like, it's just really, it's really funny. But yeah, that's when uh, Nancy, when they wake her up, she grabs. That's another like little breadcrumb. Oh yeah, she's got of the, the story. She grabs his hat. I love that. She's that's like, brilliant. I brought something back. She's so cool. So it's like, ah, so like little clue. Yeah, he might, she might be able to grab. So she decides she's going to grab him back. Yeah. But then for not the first time, her boyfriend, Johnny Depp, Glenn, falls asleep for the second time. And Come then, on, yeah, that's, the, that's, I think that's like pretty iconic death, but it's like Johnny Depp joke. A mega pint of blood. <laughs> but it, but that's all I could think of when I was watching it. Mega pint. It's a mega pint. Yeah. But um yeah. A mega pint. But that's that's like a bit of a, a weird death, isn't it? Because Tina, okay, it that's that is an odd death, but ultimately there's still a body and she's getting stabbed yeah. in a dream. But like you don't see Johnny Depp's dream at all. And no. it just becomes... It's just, uh, there's nothing there yeah. apart from the mega pints. Yeah. That death of Glenn is, it's where, so basically he gets sucked into the bed and a volcano of blood explodes, mm. isn't it? And that that is, um, it's the most extravagant of all Freddy's mm. deaths, isn't it? A it volcanic is. bloodbath. But I always clutch my stomach when I think about it, in the way that I also clutch my stomach when an alien erupts from Sigourney Weaver's stomach in mm. that dream, that dream that she has in Aliens yeah. before she rings Burke to tell him that she will go and help him find yeah. some aliens, but not to study, yeah. not to bring back. Not to bring back. That's It always makes me clutch my stomach in the way that yeah. that makes me clutch my stomach. Yeah, it's something about stomachs, man. It's like... Get it's off like, my stomach. Yeah, it's like the bed. It's like a... It's a safety thing and then, and like... Then it just becomes like a belly button of doom, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. Where is the belly button? Didn't they found it? Well, I mean, Nancy <laughs> finds his headphones, which say Glenn on them as well, just so that, you know, he's put his name in the dream at the end. He's got his name on the on the headphones. Oh. But I think at that point in the film, it's as though Wes Craven is completely obliterating any last trace of help for Nancy in it and goodness. Because yeah. Glenn is, he's Nan- Nancy's firm ally, isn't, isn't yeah. he? And like, he's, oh, yeah. she can't rely on her mum. And no. she can't even rely, is her dad a policeman? Well, he's not in the home, is he? He's no. not in the home. Um, it's just, you know, obviously the adults aren't present in this world, but yeah. Glenn was Glenn was a solid ally and he's gone. And he was a nice lad at Glenn, he was, wasn't he? Just he was the character asleep. of Glenn. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was trying. He was but he's trying. only human. He's yeah. just a man, we as all, John all... Bon Jovi would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all he's need... made mistakes. We all, we all need a sleep. Just a man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But, I mean, so also... Nancy turns full MacGyver at the end, doesn't she? Because she she sets up all these traps. Yeah, she does. She's, she's oh, like Nancy. full on full on MacGyver before MacGyver. Although, yeah, no, I don't think MacGyver was out in eighty. I don't really know much about MacGyver. Sorry. Oh, okay. You could say Kevin Huxtable. Is it his name? Kevin Huxtable from Home Alone. She goes, oh, <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Okay. Is that yeah, his that's... name? Huxtable. Uh, no, it's not. McAllister. Mac- Why have I said who's Hux? Is that? That's is that the Cosby Show. It's the Cosby oh, Show. I'm gonna stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, gone full Kevin McAllister. She goes full Kevin McAllister. That's probably a better reference. <laughs> but that was before Kevin McAllister as well. Wasn't it, it was, yeah. She's but, the original Kevin. But yet again, like she can't get out of the house because her mum's put bars on the windows <laughs> and doors and lo- locked the front door, and she's 
there's like the police opposite and her dad has said to one of the policemen, keep an eye on my daughter's house. And he's like, for what? And he's like, just keep an eye. And like she's smashing the windows and going, please help me. Someone come and he's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, oh, my God. And it, it's only when there's smoke coming out of the house because Nancy's set. You can't even trust the police you in can't this even film. Poli- you can't even trust the police. Um, did you know Charlie Sheen was originally offered the role of Glenn? I did not know that. Apparently, yeah. I but there was, I don't think, I don't think it paid enough or something like that. His loss. Johnny Depp might have not been famous. No, we couldn't have had the mega pint joke. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny though, because um, it, w- it was known around sort of like the eight through the 80s as the house that Freddie built. Was oh, really? New Line Cinema. No way. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. yeah. And it did, um, I think they did the original Evil Dead as well. Oh, the right. Evil My Dead. My favourite. Yeah. <laughs> so. Don't get me wrong, there's element. I like, I like Evil Dead too. And I know that really yeah. set the scene for the oh, franchise yeah. and Bruce Campbell's just like the best in that. Yeah. But um, it's just because I'm such a horror fan. I do love, I am a fan <laughs> of comedy horror. I do love it. But my I love films that are actually just scary as well. Mm. And I like it. Like, you know, like Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's probably like a comedy horror, but it's terrifying. Mm. There's bits in that are really terrifying. And I can't say, I can't say the same for Evil Dead 2 and the way that Evil, you know, the first film yeah. was terrifying. There's bits in um, there's bits in Evil Dead 2 that I would like to be put into the first film. Mm. But it's obviously two very different films. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying that I don't like Evil Dead 2. No. I love it. I just have a big soft spot for the first one. Well, I, I saw Evil Dead 2 first and absolutely loved it. And then... The Evil Dead, the first one, was on at another cinema in Bradford. All right. It's now a theatre. I can't remember what it's called. Bradford Playhouse. All right. So so years and years ago, Bradford Playhouse used to be a cinema and a theatre. It's just a theatre now. And they used to do like film nights and stuff. And I'd only seen Evil uh, Evil Dead 2. And they had The Evil Dead on at Halloween. Ugh, so in Bradford, I know with all the Jack the Ripper buildings. Yeah, I mean that endearingly in that area as well. It's yeah, like, it's great, it's perfect, isn't yeah. it? So anyway, so um, a friend said, "Oh, do you want to come and because you've not seen the first Evil Dead? Do you want to come and see the Evil Dead at this l- little little place?" So I was like, "Yeah," and I didn't realise, but they did like a little bit of um performance before. And they got a trapdoor on the stage because it was used as a as a theatre as well. So they they had like a little reenactment oh my God. and had someone coming up That's through the trapdoor going "Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn." Oh, brilliant! And it was That's amazing. It was amazing. I'm well jealous. And then I, and then I, I, I watched. Then that I watched. Never happened to me. <laughs> and then I watched the film. So I. My first time seeing The Evil Dead was in a theatre and it had like a little performance oh before God, it where they had like the trap door. It was awesome. Then unfortunately they had a fire um, oh. and then oh. it closed down and then it got rebuilt and now it's just a playhouse. It's, um, I said Deco. just a playhouse. It's, um, it says here it's Art Deco. It's Art Deco, yeah. So it's a beautiful little place, but mm. yeah. Um, Might so look out for performances there. Anyone's in, in Bradford and wants to go to a really cute, super cute theatre, but they didn't, they don't do films now. But yeah. Have you ever watched Drag Me to Hell, Sam Raimi film? Yes. That's one of my very favourite horror films of all time. <laughs> and like, oh, I hate it when the 
you know, and the lady who she refuses the uh, extension yeah. on her thing. When she comes, does she like suck her nose at one point? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like. But that seance scene, you know, yeah. uh, that is perfect, mm. absolutely perfect. I just love that film. Yeah. Lots of people don't like it, but I think it's um, yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think that's got that's just a good balance for me. That of everything, Sam Raimi style. Yeah, I think as well. Back to the, like the jokey feud. I've not looked really close, but I think in Evil Dead 2, there is there is like a Freddy's glove somewhere as well. Oh, really? From what I read, but I've I, I've not seen it. But I was re- just refreshing. I knew about the posters, but I didn't know I didn't know about that. But anyway, yeah, apparently there there is a little thing to it. What's your favourite death scene <laughs> in hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street? I think it's hard to pick. Yeah, I think or ghost scene favorite death scene no yeah because i'm thinking okay. of the body bag is my the favorite bag. scene of all time it's... but that's not a death scene that's just a scary scene and when she's like, nasty yeah. she's got a hand against a thing yeah it's like a ghost it's like a sheet ghost isn't yeah. it it's a sheet yeah. ghost but worst the worst sheet ghost ever a, th- a fear factor i think it's it's double tina for me i think most harrowing scary death is the first one which is tina yeah. and i think the scariest moment is with the body bag but it's in the corridor where you see invisible invisible hands invisible yeah. hands just picking up the feet and dragging it yeah. it's, not, it's not even like the blood from the bloody bag it, 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 it's it's the it's the um it's just the invisible hands lifting yeah. the feet and pulling it out of shot because it's not even like she just gets dragged across the floor he lifts the legs and yeah. drags her. Yeah. That's horrible, man. Yeah. Have you seen The Exorcist 3? No, no. I would urge you to watch it because it is kind of like a standalone film, but there's a lot of things in that that happen off screen that it's just quite horrible. But does it have heart to it? I think it does, and I think it's got that... Does it? Yeah, and I think it's got that real unnerving edge to it. Okay, because um, the thing about the first Exorcist is that it's not just a horror film; mm. it's heartbreaking. And the priest at the end basically gives his life to. It's just I'm going to cry because it's just it's not about it's not about the um well you horror might. for me. It's about everything. It's about you might be in for the a resilience nice... of good people. I think there's a there's a definite comparison there, especially at the end. The end of Exorcist Three was meant to be very much different to what it ended up. But I, I think it's a pretty good it's a pretty well, maybe. good film. I think I just love The Exorcist so much mm. that I think just leave it alone. Leave yeah. it like that. Like Omens, you can do as many of those as you like because mm. I love them all. <laughs> yeah. You know, Omen 3, the final scene in Omen 3 when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not against sequels. I just... Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'm just being a bit snobby about I, that. <laughs> I think I watched... I don't think they were going to even bill it as as an exorcist film. I think it was going to be like a standalone thing. But again, film companies and stuff, they, they want they want to sell it, don't they? That's so. the thing. Like Sometimes I think when someone does a another instalment of a franchise, it's so detached from the original that mm. I just think, why don't you just not have... Like you say, it is yeah. about making money. I think, why don't you just make this a film on its own then? Mm. And just you can nick the plot a bit if you want, or have ins- like loads of horror films are just inspired by other ones, and just yeah, yeah. exactly. Ask yeah. me what my favorite scene, death scene from Nightmare on Elm Street is. So, what's your favorite death scene? When Nancy's mum gets sucked out of a window at the end. 
Oh, yeah. It's not actually my favourite, but it's just so... It's shock value. You think everything's okay because, like, you know, this... We're presuming you've seen the film if you listen to this. Nancy's like, ha, I'm going to turn the tables on you, Fred. I don't believe in you. That is a great lesson in life. Yeah. I'm not being part of your toxicity. I'm cutting you out. That's it. You're not Mm. part of it anymore. Life's better. Yeah. And you think, yeah, she's she's cracked it. She's cracked the code. Yeah. And then she wakes up. Everything's fine. Everyone's back alive. The sun's shining. They all get into the car. Everyone's happy. Everyone's resurrected from the dead. They're going away in the car. Nancy's mum. She's she's not a victim of alcoholism anymore. No, no. There's a she's, bit of a mist. There's it's birds sunny. tweeting. And there's things. birds tweeting. It's sepia land. Yeah. And then suddenly they realise the car's being driven by an unseen mm. force. Mm. And it's 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 a dream mm. within a nightmare. Well, because the the car's like um, it's like an old school, like nineteen fifties, sixties. Yeah, and the hood goes up, and it's Freddy Krueger's colours. Of oh, his, is it? Of his oh, jumper. Right. I yeah, that detail. Yeah, yeah, for a while. Yeah, it, I can't. I can't. It kind of feels like they might have got an inkling that it might be a bit of a hit and that's a bit of an add-on because they could have ended it where Nancy's like, I don't believe in you and I'm not going to, like you say, it's a good life lesson. It's such a shame because it is a good life lesson. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so I'm not going to have any of your nonsense. And he lunges for her and then goes into like... Disappears. Stars, like disappears and stuff. But she does say like, I just, I'm going to have my mum back and I'm going to have my friends back and then they do and then there's that famous ending. But... (laughs) And then she gets and then Nancy's mum gets sucked through a very yeah. is it's quite a small window it's in the quite door. A small window and she's not definitely even a window. Has blow up doll vibes. Yeah, but it's proper like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> suddenly. Or something, you know, something yeah. really it suddenly reverts a decade. It goes back to the seventies very suddenly. It's yeah. like and then it's over and it's a yeah. shock and it's just a bit funny. Yeah, because you go But wh- horrible wh- and wh- funny. But did you not think like, well, what has actually happened then? Yeah, yeah. Because is is, is that a dream of Nancy's? Exactly. Or it's they, just they... chaos. It's the chaos yeah. of dreams. You don't know whether they really are alive or they're not alive. But also Nancy's mum gets two deaths because <laughs> when um, her dad finally does listen and come over, they go into her mum's bedroom yeah. and a flaming Freddy is on the bed, rolling on her mum, <sighs> like choking her Pervert. out. And then uh, it's Nancy that hits him with a chair. And then he seems to disappear. And then her mum is already a bit of a skeleton. (laughs) And it looks weird. And then she sinks into the bed, but it's almost like a skeletal hand. It's almost like she's giving her the finger. Yeah. (laughs) She sinks down. But it's very Jesus-y that, isn't it? it? It's like him making a martyr of her. But I wonder what the message is behind that. And then her dad's like, oh. Let's see. And Nancy goes, I just need a minute. And her dad goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Just leaves her on her own. And that's when that's when he comes back. And she says, I don't believe in you. Let's see what it says. Because I want to, I never thought about that. It's very holy almost. But she's like instant skeleton, isn't she? Which is a bit weird. And it's the left hand. So when Freddie kills Marge, oh, that's her name, Marge, ah. within Nancy's dream. Oh, within Nancy's dream. Is it a dream? Well, I don't know. Well, here it says it represents the ultimate breakdown of their relationship and the complete destabilisation of Nancy's emotional world. Marge's physical absence mirrors the emotional void that Nancy feels in her life, amplifying her fear and desperation. I'm not satisfied with that. No. It doesn't explain why it's holy. <laughs> Maybe it's not meant to be holy. But it does feel like Religious. It. I'll just put in that word and see what it says. 
Ultimately, the meaning of Marge's appearances in A Nightmare on Elm Street is up to the individual viewer to interpret. Thanks. The religious overtones of the film can be seen. Nope. Nope. Not good enough. Don't know. Mm. Could probably. Someone else. Someone who knows. Tell me. <laughs> I think that is. Tell the, us. Uh, well, I think that is the oddest death. Yeah. Isn't it? She descends. She like, just descends as a, like fully functioning uh, skeleton. But it's downwards. Do you think, think it's, it's downwards. like she's going to hell for what she did? Or but, like, but it's light. There's yeah. light underneath. So maybe it's because she's a mixture of good and bad because she's a tormented soul, isn't she? She's mm. a good woman, but she did a bad thing. Mm. But then again, what came first? She did it out of desperation. She fell victim to her own need for revenge. Mm. And she's obviously afflicted by her own demons and that she's she's turned to drink in order to escape them. Mm. So maybe it's a bit of heaven and hell, like, because Tina's mum's just a cow. Mm. Nancy's mum is just two halves, isn't she? Like, yeah. And is she the reason this has befallen her daughter? Well, she's not the ultimate reason, but she shouldn't have killed Freddie in the first place, really. You do kind of think, is that why <coughs> they split up the parents? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Probably. But also, there's the thing, if Freddy's doing what he's doing as revenge, my auto response is, well, why not do that to the parents? But maybe there's something in it that... <coughs> Sorry, coffee. Um, maybe there's something with it that he can more easily reach into a young mind. Yeah, because they do say the younger you are, the more susceptible you are to paranormal influences, mm. don't they, if you're a kid? True. And also... Poltergeists are linked to teenagers, aren't they? And the heightened energy. It's the energy. He's yeah. feeding off their energy, isn't he? That's a good point. And maybe that's her point in the end. I'm not giving you any more energy. Yeah. And that's a good life lesson. Don't yeah. give the toxic people energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. Film all round. Yes. How many stars would you give this? Ooh. I think I think I would give it a solid four. Out of ten. Oh, I thought we were doing five. Is it usually out of five? I don't know. I just maybe How many stars? I should have asked the first question. Four out of five. Okay, we'll do that. That's better. Why would you have ten when you have five? I'm just thinking on Amazon, it's usually out of five, isn't it? Yeah, what would I say? I don't know. Four out of five Freddy gloves. Okay, yeah. Knives. And I'd give it... um, That's it. Four out of five knives, if you want. Eight out of ten jumpers. Stripes. Stripy <laughs> jumpers. I'll give it four and a half knives. Okay. Out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five, six. <laughs> Maybe I'd give it five or six. <laughs> Tom would give it five or six, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Hannah. You're welcome. We'll have to think of another one for next time. It was fun. It's interesting going back and seeing the the, old, the older successful genres that have been the seeds for yeah. future films to come. It blazed a trail, Vic. It blazed a trail. And it gives me an idea for the next time, actually, you saying that. I've got a good one that I'll tell you about when I stop recording. And you can say whether you agree. And the listeners will find out whether you agree. Next time we do Haunted on Screen. Yeah. see you later bye bye screw your pants (laughs) 
screw your pets. <laughs> Who does the best, Nancy? Answers on a postcard. 